Welcome back to another episode of 5 a.m. Theology. So, Chris, this week takes us in the book of Judges. Yes. Always a crazy read. Crazy is right. <laughs> the book of Joshua ends with the Israelites all promising to serve the Lord only and have no other gods or no other idols and obey all the commandments of God. They make their pledge to Joshua. So just three chapters in to the book of Judges, we get to the passage that I want to talk about today, and it's Judges 3, 7 to 11. And here's what we read. It says, and the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. They forgot the Lord, their God, and served the Baals and the Asherah. Therefore, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he sold them into the hand of Cushan Rishathaim, king of Mesopotamia. And the people of Israel served Cushim Rishathaim eight years. But when the people of Israel cried out to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for the people of Israel who saved them, Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother. The spirit of the Lord was upon him and he judged Israel. He went out to war and the Lord gave Cushan Rishathaim, king of Mesopotamia, into his hand. And his hand prevailed over Cushim Rishathaim. So the land had rest for 40 years. Then Othniel, the son of Kenaz, died. Can you say that name five times in a <laughs> row? <laughs> anyway, you did a good job. You know, Rose, we taught a study on the book of Judges and did a No Trash, Just Truth podcast series on it. And it was we called it Sin-Filled Nation. Othniel is one of a couple good judges. Yeah, he is. So after vowing not to take any idols, to obey all the commandments, Israel's broken all those promises they made to God. They turned away from God. They forgot his commands and they're serving other gods. They're committing idolatry. And Moses warned them about this. He warns them in a few places about it. They should have listened to the warning. They should have. And they didn't forsake worshiping God. They just added these other gods. They practiced syncretism, which is right. worshiping more than one God. And this is also why God instructed Joshua and the Israelites to destroy whole civilizations when they were taking the promised land over. God knew the danger and the temptation of them living amongst these pagans. And he was right. They failed to remember what they'd been taught and they started following pagan practices and pagan gods. And Rose, I can't neglect saying that it just makes me think about all the pagan practices people try to add today to Christianity. I, and I agree. I think syncretism is rampant in Christianity. It's, yeah, it's rampant. I mean, let's let's add in a little yoga, which, you know, incorporates other religious practices. Let's talk about feng shui and all this other stuff. It's rampant. And a lot of Christians don't even realize it. I completely agree. And I think there's a lesson for us. We have the same danger and temptation of forgetting God and his commands and falling into pagan practices or idolatry. Just like you said, Chris, we're doing it. And the reason that we're forgetting God and his commands and falling into the practice of syncretism or maybe full-blown idolatry is because we're not spending significant amounts of time in God's word and in prayer. Surprise, Chris, we need to read our Bible. Surprise, surprise. This passage in Judges begins a cycle that we see throughout the book. Israel rebels against God. God gets angry. God punishes them by raising up an enemy that's going to oppress them. And then the Israelites repent 
and they cry out to God for deliverance and God sends a judge and that leader saves Israel. There's peace as long as that judge is alive. And then the cycle starts all over again and they start rebelling against God and et cetera, et cetera, over and over and over. 12 times they do it. In this judge's three passage, it's the first time for the cycle. And Othniel is the first judge that God lifts up to rescue Israel. So this king has enslaved Israel. Cushim Rishathame, his name means doubly wicked blackness. So this dude's a pretty bad dude. Yeah, double wicked blackness is pretty bad. But God does raise up Othniel and he saves them. And as part of the cycle, there's peace until he dies. Othniel was a good judge, but the judges start going downhill pretty much from there. Yeah, and God's anger burns against the Israelites in Judges. He acts out of anger and punishes the Israelites, like we said, over and over. So does God act out of anger like this towards his people, towards Christians today? Is God a jealous God today? Yeah, he's jealous for his people. He wants us to worship him. People have so much trouble rectifying God's actions against his people in the book of Judges and in other Old Testament passages with God being loving and merciful towards his people. And the first thing I think of is Exodus 34, 6 and 7, which says, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin, yet he doesn't leave the guilty unpunished. When we think about that verse, first we see God's attributes laid out, his characters laid out in that first part of that verse. And another one of his attributes that's not listed there is he is just. If he didn't punish for sin, he wouldn't be just. His punishment brought the Israelites back to him. It brought them to repentance. Yes. And they weren't separated with him while that judge was alive. And before he handed them over to Cushim Rithashim, they were enslaved to sin. Throughout their whole time, they were falling into idol worship and they didn't even realize it. Had God let the Israelites be, they would have continued on in their sinful lifestyle, moving farther and further away from God. Not a place we want to be. No, not at all. Even as believers, we don't always realize that what our sin is doing to us. In this judge's passage, God's using an object lesson, actual physical slavery, to show the Israelites that they were enslaved to sin. So he's giving them an object lesson to show them their spiritual condition. They were putting fake gods in the place of God, and God actually saved them from their slavery to sin by putting them in physical slavery. And you talked about how this is rampant with us today. Well, we might not be worshiping Moloch, you know, a pagan god, but how easily can we be immersed in sin and put other things in the place of God? God's disciplining the Israelites to bring them to repentance. When they're physically enslaved, they realize they need God, they repent of their sins, and they turn back to them. Yeah, nobody likes discipline, but it's necessary. And I think this passage has a dual meaning for us. First, it's a picture of the gospel. Once the Israelites realize their need for God and they cry out to him, God does everything else. He raises up a savior to save them. And that's a picture of salvation. But I think there's a second meaning. 
when we belong to God, God is not going to let us stay immersed in gross sin and away from him forever. He will bring us back to him. And sometimes it's through some pretty painful circumstances. Yeah. It might not be physical slavery, but he's going to punish us. And if we stay engrossed in that sinful lifestyle, he's going to discipline us. He has to, because if we belong to him, he's promised to complete the good work that he began in us. Right. You know, sometimes all we need for discipline is to have our sin exposed and deal with the consequences of that. But sometimes it could take a lot more for God to get our attention and he'll do it. Even causing us to lose our freedom or material possessions, maybe even a person. Yeah, he'll use anything to bring his people back to him. The No Trash, Just Truth series on Judges is worth listening to. But in a nutshell, this passage in Judges 3 that starts the cycle of downward spirals of the Israelites shows us that first we need a godly leader to guide us and hold us accountable. They had Moses and then they had Joshua. Once they were gone, things started going off the rails big time. That points to the need for us to be under solid biblical teaching and be in a solid biblical church. And secondly, and most important, the book of Judges shows us that no earthly savior, whether he's good like Othniel or really bad like Samson, can ever be God's savior of his people because they are sinners themselves. Judges shows how God's people desperately need a truly godly, perfect savior. Amen to that. And the theme that runs through the book of Judges is that Israel had no king and did what was right in their own eyes. That's a recipe for disaster, as the book shows us over and over again. No yep. book better illustrates how desperately we need a king and need to do what is right in God's eyes, because they're the only eyes that see things rightly. That's exactly right. And that's a good place to end today. Have a blessed morning, everybody. Music.